0: Okay. Okay, hold on. Let me crackle this. Is it working? Crackle. Crackle. It
1: Good. Can okay, snap shut, and up. And shut, up. Pop. shut up. Shut up. Shut up.
0: Welcome to this week's episode of the Big One Podcast. I'm your boy, new guy, and sitting to my virtual right, of course, is Boy. How's it going, B'Boy?
1: Uh, Baboy's doing good. boy's actually at your virtual left. Um, oh. Learn at your lefts and rights, or I use the yells on your hands. Do not know them, and I also
0: don't know how to read.
1: Take that um, hell and put it on your forehead.
0: Okay, <laughs> Uh this is a podcast about NASCAR. Welcome to it everyone. Thanks for hey, thanks for stopping on by. Take those kick those shoes on off. Uh grab yourself a nice beer and a cold hot pocket and let's get going. Uh it's do we have a sponsor po- this week, Brian?
1: Yeah, it's cold hot pockets. <laughs>
0: oh, finally, finally. My favorite kind, they're extra cold in the middle. Um <laughs>
1: What you been up to, Brian? What's new? Uh, Man, I, I we recorded three podcasts last week, so I feel like oh, not yeah. lots new since, since three Jeez, podcasts last week. Long time no um,
0: talk, am I right? Yeah,
1: I'm glad to be back. Uh, not a whole lot's new. Uh, still about to move out west. Uh, looking forward to that. And uh, really looking forward to talking about Gateway today because Gateway was awesome. Bless
0: up. Yeah, I did not get to see the whole race. In fact, I only saw... A little bit of it but this part that I did see pretty good yeah I also was able to tune in for a little bit Uh, for those who aren't aware which is probably most people that are listening uh, I was out of town in Key West hanging out with some family and if I have the day right I believe that instead of watching the race I was at the pride parade with my niece and stepsister uh, and my niece got a lot of beads and I got one bead necklace
1: you in fact do not have the day right so that was all wasted uh contexture what sunday was the day of the race right i'm just i'm just messing with you you son (laughs) of a gun you got me good uh but yeah gateway man gateway well i mean even from the parts that you see did you did you agree that it was awesome
0: oh yeah oh yeah i mean you know honestly like any track that can lead to Ross Chastain having that many difficulties <laughs> and basically turning the whole field against him. Yep. Like, wh- what What? a storyline uh, to develop. And, I mean, you know, the bits that I, I did see, like, four wide in a lot of the corners, uh, it looked like just a lot of uh, tight racing and bumping and grinding. And you know how I love my bumping and grinding. Mm-hmm.
1: They used to call you bumper and grinder in high school. Very true, very true. Not for reasons you would expect. No, different reasons entirely. Mm-hmm. It was how you danced, I believe. Um, anyway, yeah, it was I thought it was great and honestly like you know you go to a well new track for cup. again, we, we got to talk about it a little bit last week. I'm used to the or sorry, new, new uh, track for cup. Um, but for trucks, trucks have been going there for a long time. Xfinity had went there at one point. Um, so, like, it kind of knew what we were getting, and we got way better than it. Like, uh, trucks were also really, really good there. Xfinity went to a new track in Portland, and we'll definitely recap that and talk about that. Um, but, yeah, Gateway, man, they, they packed the house. The truck race had really good attendance, too, which is great to see um, on a Saturday uh, midday. But then, yeah, the cup race, man, it was uh, it was sold out. There's no way that they, that they didn't sell every single mm. seat there. Every single time they showed the crowd, it looked awesome like everyone was standing up uh you know you go to a track again for the first time uh like obviously it's gonna have better sales but they got a really good show too which is that, that that's gonna bring them back
0: yeah i think that that is for sure one that uh we'll have to go to in person yeah
1: i think so too and it's actually not that far from chicago so that's pretty cool
0: very true very true that's what i was thinking uh
1: so um. you mentioned it before, but um, talking about our back markers, our, our Suarez and Chastain, Chastain, yeah, definitely had his uh, his bumps and grinds uh, for the for the you know, he had a cold hot pocket of a day. If you if you catch my drift, um, definitely had a good car. He was Wait, he didn't definitely... have a good day. Well, that's uh, why it colder. was like a cold hot pocket.
0: You know, yeah. that's not necessarily all right. Thing. Well, we'll have to we'll have to talk about this later. I prefer if you didn't insult our sponsor, but uh, oh, okay, continue. gotcha. <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, so I mean, he definitely ran through Denny 100%, he ran through Denny and then like had to tiptoe getting by him, which was like one of the most hilarious paybacks I've ever seen in racing. Um, Denny really, I mean, just toyed with him ever, all day, like 10 laps down, and it was a perfect payback. He never hit him. And yeah. it was perfect. Um, but at the end yeah. of the day, Chastain still got a top 10. And then there was a contact with Elliott, which like I, I'd like to dive into a little bit more just because I don't think it was Chastain's fault entirely. He definitely stuck it in three wide, but who? Uh, there was a lot of three wide action in the race. And Austin Dillon was the one that was like a lane or half a lane up off the bottom, forcing him up. And then Elliott trying to come down just to get off the corner. I mean, there was no way all three of them were going to get out of that clean. And and that was like, in my opinion, that's just like a racing deal. I I think Elliot didn't really have a good reason to be pissed off. So
0: I think that's for sure a racing deal. I also think it's the type of thing that like Ross was behind the other two. And Mm -hmm. like that's the type of thing where, you know, it's it's not necessarily like Ross doing anything malicious or that bad. But it's also the type of thing where Ross could have been like, ooh, this is sketchy. I'm behind the other two. I should probably back out here and try again when it's less dangerous yeah uh, and i think when i don't I have over... this idiot austin
1: dylan to my left i yeah I, yeah. I... yeah he should have known putting it in there was just a dangerous move and especially since it was kind of early on um yeah. the good thing is like the racing action was so good it was hard to pass but they were still making passes that like ross mm. if he sat back a little bit he would have gotten by both of them easily you know so yeah. uh, that's that's where like i can see why elliot is pissed but also like Guys go three wide, you're going to have to – someone's got to give. And just because he didn't give doesn't make him the bad guy, you know?
0: Yeah. Like, you shouldn't be that salty with him. Yeah, for sure. I also don't mind if uh, they decide to get a little drama going in here. Uh, It's pretty Mm -hmm. – it's uh, Elliot getting more and more sort of uh, spoiled. Like, you know how after Truex won his championship, Mm -hmm. he just sort of turned into a dick? Yep. Uh, Yep. I think that it would be quite the heel turn, if you'll allow me to use the terminology, mm. uh, if Elliot were to really just sort of let stuff go to his head and start like having beef with all of the nice drivers on the, uh, on the track. That's a, sort that's of a future is. I, I mean, want to see. Yeah.
1: He he caused those issues with Harvick at the end of the year last year. Um, like he said, he's had a fair amount of issues with with other drivers, and for a guy that isn't actually really that aggressive in the race car, it's it's almost. Uh, it, it 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 seems a little weird. It's almost like he actually gets into stuff because other people run over him, and then he decides to like enact payback in the worst ways. Um, and and that entitlement, as you're talking about with MTJ, it's very similar there. So. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. um but I, yeah spe- speaking of I it raced like a short track for like a one and a quarter mile track like how they that was those, like chastain wasn't the only one pissing people off like there were a lot of guys pissed off at each other oh bj mcleod got really pissed off at chase elliot uh later on in the race um and mm-hmm. apparently bj mcleod is not the guy that you want to uh piss off uh so is uh do you think bj is gonna get some revenge on
0: mr elliot here
1: he sort of did he ran up to him under oh. caution um i mean not not it was it was a weird kind of racing deal where like he had a reason to be pissed off but he definitely didn't have a reason to like pay him back by putting him in the wall so like that didn't happen um so i don't think it's going to continue on by any means but like you know the little guys get pissed off you know cuz they're even if they're a lap down or something they're racing for positions too you know and and they they want people to know that and so you know, they have a they have a right to their race as well. And that's, I think, what B.J. McLeod was getting at.
0: Yeah. I really think that drivers should be given a mechanism by which they can enact, like, childish pranks on one another as revenge. Like, if it's not enough to
1: put someone in the wall, like, you can go short sheet their bed in their trailer or something. <laughs> I'd love that. Uh, you know, I what I would think would be really funny is because uh, I've always thought about this for F1, too. But it would be great Mm. at the the end of the race if, like, every driver had to do, like, a quick survey where they, like, rank their, like, three most hated drivers and their three, like, I like this guy drivers. And then we saw, like, a ranking because there was, like, Mm. a NASCAR game way back when where, like, if you hit the guy, it would, like, you would get intimidator scores and then that person would, like, hit you back. Like, it would be funny to see those kind of, like, rivalries. Like, Chase Elliott constantly hates Ross Chastain for the whole season kind of thing. Like, it just... It would just add storylines, and I think it would be really fun. Yeah, um, I could, I could really get into that. Yeah, they I would. I, have I think
0: cameras in all of their like motorhomes and do like reality TV style drama,
1: big Big Brother style this is stuff. The future we need. Yeah, yeah WWE yeah. where they're like busting into each other's trailers. Yeah, and they can that'd vote be,
0: people off of the racetrack.
1: That would be excellent. That the both of the Gressels would tune in more. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a um, but, yeah, so, I mean, great race. I, I honestly don't have a ton to say about it besides, you know, the the fact that we, you know, got set up with a really, really great finish Um, and a, Ugh, a great duel to my the
0: end. Oof. Sweet baby boy Blaney fucked over
1: mm-hmm. by a left rear tire going down. These left rear tires are really. It's, it's hard to say fucked over, though. I mean, he definitely, I mean, he lost the lead, but, the, like, Notice that, like, the guys, because it was Briscoe first and then it was Blaney, notice that the guys that lose the tire are the guys leading or at least in the top five. True, like, it's yeah. the guys pushing the envelope setup-wise, yeah. right? Like, that's easily what it is because then he didn't have an issue for the rest of the day, and it's probably because they just went more conservative on the setup, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And he ended up finishing fourth, so it's hard to say fucked over, but yeah, definitely yeah. still chasing I that I just first want lane.
0: my boy to win. I want my I boy to win. He got the all-star race. That's good. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um uh, so what was going on with the lower leagues
1: The yeah so the lower leagues uh again trucks were a gateway as well as they kind of always are um Corey heim won which is one of the kbm drivers uh Raja karuth who's the atlanta uh african-american driver uh he raced in his first ever truck race and he finished seventh um uh, which is pretty damn cool wait yeah i think he finished seventh he finished seventh or tenth i forget um, but uh, yeah, really cool, really, really great fi- first, you know, first, uh, dry finish. Um, and, uh, and he, he, he re-races ARCA for, if you, if you're not, uh, in tune with, uh, the lower, lower leagues. But, and then, uh, I think the biggest storyline to come out of the truck was Carson Hosevar's wreck, which at the time I, I was only sort of watching. So I didn't really see, I mean, I knew he had a hard wreck, but I didn't know oh, what had yeah. happened, but then it was social media after the fact showed, um, it, like the the wreck conjoined with the audio and that he had severe like he has an ankle injury now i'm not he he may not even race this week um but he was like in pain saying like fuck someone help me someone help me and he had his window net down and you know the safety crews i praise them because they do a really good job honestly like week in week out they do a really good job and they did get over to the cars quickly they just didn't go to his car quickly you know they got to the other cars and so like when you watch the replay a lot of people said well his window net was down that's a sign for i'm okay he was all right but he was in pain right and it, yeah. it wasn't like the those first responders can really do anything about the pain in the instance but they can at least call in like okay well we're gonna need a stretcher or maybe we need the jaws of life and i think they could do a better job of at least running to each car as as soon as you get to the scene you know yeah so
0: Checking, yeah, prioritizing checking to make sure that all the drivers are okay.
1: Yeah. Or I don't think the window net's way, a good sign.
0: No, definitely not. Uh I think as well if there was some better way for like teams to Well, you know, I don't know I guess I don't know what the system is for teams to communicate with like race control to inform them about situations like that. But yeah, that, I, uh, I really don't
1: sucks. Know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so right be. now, uh, Suarez is the backup driver for him this weekend um, oh, nice. as we go to Sonoma, which, you know, Suarez is pretty oh, good at uh, road courses, so. Very cool. Um, cool. And Xfinity uh, Xfinity was racing at Portland International Raceway, which I have yeah. a personal bias since I'll be living there soon, uh, for them to all get all three series there next year. And I'll Ooh. tell you that it was just pure chaos. Out. It was it was wet. Um, people were driving off the course, wrecking. I mean, there was... Hardly a car in the field that didn't have a bunch of damage on it. I mean, mm-hmm. it was it was crazy, and then uh, almost the craziest thing that happened was that under caution, Jesse Awuji, uh took out the leader. Jesse Pete. that was that,
0: ludicrous.
1: That yeah, it was it was insane, and he explained it afterwards. And when I watch the replay, I see exactly what he's talking about. Like he he knew that he needed to go by the leader and get his lap back because that's where he was supposed to be. But when he went to do it, he kind of dive bombed the corner, which seems like a weird spot to do yeah. it in, as yeah. opposed to going through the corner and then passing him on the straight. And yeah. so when he did it, he, you know, Gibbs came down and obviously got taken out. But like, I, I see what Jesse's trying to do, but this is not Jesse's first incident of like just not displaying his talent in the best way. Um, and he's kind of proving more and more that maybe he doesn't belong in the car. So, I think that's where it becomes more of a problem. Like, if this is the first time, I could understand, like, damn, that's a shitty situation. But the guy, like, actually thought he was going to get through there. But, like, this isn't the first time. This is getting... Yeah. This is And also, that's, like... I mean, that's a situation that...
0: Like, passing on the straight is... That's just what you should do. Like, it's it's a mistake that I would expect, like, a bad driver in iRacing to do. It's not a mistake I would expect like a professional race car driver to me
1: yeah yeah speaking of i was watching an arca race and literally there was a guy coming up from the back like 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 catching up to the to the pack right before a restart and he literally caught up too fast slammed on the brakes and collided with the drivers that were like in line oh my god like total like rookie eye racing move and oh, that's boy. and again i mean maybe that's where jesse iwuji's talent level is right now is at that level, that, like, ARCA level. Um, you know, this is this is a money sport, and so obviously he's got the money. I think Emmett Smith is the one that promotes it or owns his team. Um, yeah, and they've so. got this, like, partnership together. So, like, the money's there, but the talent's not. And there needs to be maybe some kind of review of incident points or something like they use in iRacing to know whether or not a guy deserves to be there. Yeah. Man, um, But to, to finish the Xfinity race, uh, so craziness, I mean, tons of wrecks, uh, really, really aggressive driving, uh, really tough, tough course, honestly, very tough course. And uh, AJ Allmendinger, the old Dinger, recovers uh, from two, he had two uh, off-course incidents in the first lap. Oh, and he came back and Dinger. won the race. Beautiful. Um, yeah, really, really well done. And then he flew Beautiful. to St. Louis Get for Gateway here. and finished, finished in the top ten in the cup race. That's... Uh, oh. That's phenomenal. Well done. What
0: well
1: a done. guy! Yep. Anyway. Oh man, uh,
0: you know back uh, back when there was back when I used to watch StarCraft Two, uh, professional StarCraft Two, there was this one player that I really liked called Dong Ray Gu, and I really liked him because I could yell "Give him the Dong," and it's a <laughs> very similar reason to why I like AJ Almendinger. My number one That's, reason, fun thing, yeah. that I can yell their name, and uh, I have a good time while doing it.
1: He's got so, a really good name. Yep. Glad he's doing well. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I think he still has his streak of top tens. Um, I'm very sure, actually. Uh, so he's yet to finish outside the top ten this year. It's crazy.
0: Um. So next week, all three series
1: are going to Sonoma. Uh, if you're talking about Arthur that's Cup, Then yes, all three. Wait, where's that going? They are not going are they they not anywhere. Racing? They're they're wow. off this week.
0: Lazy, okay.
1: Yeah, so like it weirdly, just the way the Xfinity schedule works, they're off this week. But then I think they race like 19 of the next 20 weekends. Like they only have like one weekend off in August or something. So just yeah, just the way their schedule is, they're 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 jam packed just as much as Cup is uh, after this weekend. But they're off this week, and yeah, we're out in wine country, which is pretty great. Uh, tell us a little bit about the Sonoma racetrack.
0: Uh, so there are 12 turns, not doing the carousel anymore, uh, using the shoot instead uh, yep. from what I see here. Um, fun fact about each, uh, about racing here, they actually do, because it's wine country, they give each driver uh, an additional straw in addition to their normal water straw that they can drink wine from. Uh, each lap, they do have to take a sip of wine, so they get progressively more drunk over the course of the mm-hmm. race. Uh, yep. The one main cool feature here is that uh, drivers can choose either white or red. Most of them mm-hmm. go white because it's uh, they they get to chill it, which co- you know cools it down. Cools. It and down. the red the red stains the the drivers' uniforms. Too. Exactly. Uh, so I'm really going to be cheering for drivers that go for the red wine here because I think that indicates a, a feeling of confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, I do see that we're doing more laps than last year. Is that because the chute is shorter than the
1: carousel? Yep. Uh, mileage stayed the same. 350 miles still for a cup. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're doing a, a bit more laps because the chute obviously cuts out a huge part of the track, which is the carousel. Love it. And uh, I think the real reason they cut out the carousel is because that's where everyone was taking their one sip a lap. Um, mm. It's just too easy. You know, one hand on the wheel, <laughs> yeah. one hand on the wine cooler. Uh, so, now the chute, uh-huh. that's, I mean, it's all, I mean, they originally brought, <laughs> uh, like, created the chute for stock cars. Like, that was the reason they did it, because okay. the carousel, like, the, the, the stock cars just could not corner as well as, like, Indy cars or F1 or anyone else, right? So, like, when they were trying to go around those corners, it was just boring. <laughs> it right. They only went through a single wide, and with the chute, it actually opens up turn four and then turn seven as a second passing zone, uh, okay. Which gives three passing, three main passing zones for the track. That's good. good. Yeah. yeah, good for like road course.
0: That. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sweet. Have you been to Sonoma?
1: Um, I've been to the track. I've been to Victory Lane actually, um, but I and I've been uh, obviously through Wine Country a couple times. Might be doing that for New Year's this year. We'll see. Uh, but yeah uh, it's uh, it's very beautiful country out there and the track is is it, it, it was my favorite road course until we started going to all these all, all, all other like really really awesome road courses and I started watching more Grand Prix events um, but yeah it's uh, it's really it's a really really great track nice um, but yeah so it's start times um, truck starts at 7:30 p.m. Eastern time mm. on Saturday. This is the first time that truck has been there since 1998. Uh, Beautiful. so, so going to be, going to be exciting, going to be a wreck fest, probably, uh, just knowing the truck drivers, um, cup, cup, uh, races Sunday at 4 p.m. Um, again, these are East coast times, obviously on the West coast, it's, it's a 4 30 start and 1 p.m. Start. I think the 4 30 starts a little interesting to me. Um, obviously sunsets not until what, seven 30, eight o'clock these days. Um, but it's still, you know, it's, it's, it's pushing those limits. If it rains like a little bit and they like have to, well, I guess, I guess they can race in the rain. Never mind. Never mind, dumb yeah. idea. Beautiful. That was I, Brian with his cold hot pocket take.
0: A yeah, one of your better takes.
1: <laughs> cold hot pockets—they're
0: colder in the middle. Um, who? Okay, so previous winners here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kyle Bush twice. Mm-hmm. Kurt Bush, the two Bushes, as I like to call them. Kurt Bush mm-hmm. uh, once. Martin Truex Jr. three times. Is he from California?
1: California. Uh, I know. I think he's or from where, North Carolina. Where's he I from? Know. I think he's from. Lane. God, who? Would or, no, from he's there? from like New Jersey
0: or something. Certainly think, not me. Uh, Kevin Harvick, uh, one time, and of course last year's winner Kyle Larson. Uh, you know, it's neat to see someone who is uh, just like well known for being a really good dirt track racer winning at a road course. Mm-hmm. It seems like the most opposite thing to a dirt track.
1: Yeah, but for maybe sure. maybe that's just me. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, the fact that Larson's good at road courses has only become a thing since he moved to Hendrick, and I think the Hendrick cars were just that good there. I don't think he's actually, like, a road course ringer by any means. Okay. Uh, in the same way that I don't actually believe that Chase Elliott is that that good at road courses, I think the Hendrick cars are just that good at road courses, and they're, they're decent at driving at these trucks, mm-hmm. so... Uh, But it is a lot of muscling the car, you know, it's a much different type of driving style as opposed to your typical oval where like smoothness uh, is is kind of what's what's king. It's much more about like going into a corner and kicking out the back end about as much as you need to to get through that corner and get speed down the next straight kind of thing. So, um, you know, maybe maybe dirt course drivers do do pretty well at these tracks just for that reason. So, Mm. Do do indeed, my friend. Do do. What are the the uh, stage lengths for this weekend?
0: Twenty five laps for the first stage, thirty laps for the second, and then fifty five laps for the third. Mm. Nice distribution. I like it. Yeah, that's that's a distribution I get on board with.
1: And I yeah, I, again, I really like when they each of the stages is a different length. I think the strategy, um, you know, this is a definitely a strategy type of racetrack, so that comes into play mm-hmm. a lot more when the lap the stages are a lot different. One thing you're definitely going to see road courses uh, all throughout the NASCAR schedule is pitting right before the stage break uh, because then you don't have to pit at the stage break. Uh, So pitting under green allows you to basically maintain your uh, spot on the track, and track position is king at a road course. Uh, So you'll see a lot of that, giving up those stage points, um, but you'll also see some guys that are maybe at the bubble. Tyler Reddick barely in, Mm -hmm. Kevin Harvick barely out. Uh, that you know take a gamble stay out try and finish well on the stage just to get those extra points so that um, is a fun dynamic
0: stage racing that's a cool dynamic uh it really for is road courses to have with stage racing i, I did yeah that. i, I like it
1: it makes it interesting um so i i thought in addition to the previous winners it might be cool to kind of go through some like average finish stats um could you guess maybe who has the best average finish at sonoma
0: Okay, who's going to be the best at driving
1: drunk? Um, <laughs> I don't think you're going to get this at all. <laughs> Especially if you're thinking that way.
0: I would say... Okay, I feel like Austin Dillon is going to be the best at driving drunk.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably. Um,
0: but I think it is... Just because he said it's... I wouldn't get it. I'm going to say that it is uh,
1: pretty Ricky. Mm, it is not, actually. I think Ricky... he. You know, in the way that he overdrives his car Hopefully. most weekends, he gets to road courses and overdrives just basically every single corner and eventually wrecks. Okay. So, uh, yeah, not a great That's average finish for that guy. But uh, it's actually Eric Jones with an average finish of 12.8, which is one of the lowest average finishes that you'll see at most racetracks. It's just hard to finish consistently well at road courses and specifically yeah. Sonoma. Hmm. Um, so. Yeah, very interesting, and especially for a guy. I mean, he might have been benefiting from the, the JGR cars because they were always really good here at Sonoma. Uh, you know that by reading off the winners uh, list that you did before. Um, now he's in the, the uh, Richard Petty uh, machine. And, you know, honestly, to see him win this weekend would be great um, and another new winner on the year. So, um, yeah. And the uh, just, well, the, I thought you would find this interesting. The guy with the highest average finish that has never won a race before. Do you know who that is? Suarez? Yes. Nice. A- average Hell finish yeah. of 15th. So, oh, like I can feel the it. List. This is I, the
0: week. This I feel is the good week, about P-boy. it, too.
1: But Chastain, Chastain won a road course earlier this year, so you know they've got speed at road courses. But Chastain might be the guy that he has to beat. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. if only I was in Vegas, I could use some of my sports book money and place a bet. Yeah, I would, I would definitely bet on Suarez and Chastain this weekend if I if I were a betting man, which I am. So yeah, yeah. so I imagine you will. Cool. Um, well, that kind of gets us all set up for Sonoma. Unless you have any further notes. Uh, none whatsoever. What's going on this
0: weekend, B boy? This weekend, we got uh, other F1. than NASCAR, at
1: yeah, least. yeah. We uh, we also have an ARCA race, um, on Saturday morning uh, before the truck race, that's uh, also at Sonoma. Uh, if you want to tune in and watch that, um, we have uh full day of racing on Sunday, we have F1 in the morning at Baku, uh, yes,
0: well at done, 7
1: a.m. Baku. And, yeah, such a good racetrack, too. Uh, Really, really excited for this one. We go from, like, Total Snores Fest, that is Monaco, to Baku, which is fucking awesome. Um, And then we go uh, Indy is racing at Road America, which is just up the road from where you're at, um, on Sunday at 1230. And I think NASCAR will be at Road America July 4th weekend, so just come out. Oh, shoot, I definitely should look into that. Yeah, I really you wanted to, to be able to go to that. Um, but yeah, it's just just up the road. I think Xfinity and Cup will race there. So.
0: July 4th, NASCAR Road, America. I gotta take I the Brussels. I could
1: drive up there, watch
0: the race, and then come back down for the 4th down in the city. I don't know. There uh, that go? might be a lot. We'll see. But, uh, man, yeah, anyone out there, uh, watch the Baku race. It is the Mm -hmm. best race. It's my favorite. I think it's the most entertaining racetrack in F1. Like, ridiculous stuff happens all the time. I think that it also is the most dangerous racetrack. Um, Nico Rosberg was doing a, like, drive-through of it. And I saw this one clip uh, that he, like, put on his YouTube channel or that he was streaming where he was like talking about the main straight of Baku, and it is the fastest straight in NASCAR or sorry, in F1 and would also be in NASCAR. Uh, and there is just like towards the end of it is the pit entry, and the pit entry wall just has a like just spear like point for them to hit. It's the most dangerous scenario, mm-hmm. like situation in all of f1 it's kind of ludicrous like once he pointed it out especially because two different drivers have had tires fail on that straight uh so that's kind of fucked up that's kind of ridiculous so hopefully nothing bad happens this weekend uh but also yeah tune in it's a great racetrack great racetrack fun times Yep.
1: agreed uh cool i think that brings us to my favorite racetrack of our podcast which is rapid fire
0: Baby, I <laughs> like that. That's fun. Your favorite yeah. racetrack of our podcast. I would our agree. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you got a question again? Yeah. I absolutely drew, do. Um, this is one. I actually did write down three questions before this, but I did think of one uh, during the podcast. I'm going to fucking call an audible here. Ooh. When like do it. you think that we are, or, or do you think that we are going to see uh a truck with a livery advertising the uh, new F one hundred and fifty Lightning.
1: Ooh, I hope so. Like, I saw h- I saw a tweet that Ryan Blaney got one. It? Oh, really? Um, okay. Yeah, that he, yeah, he got one this this week. Um, you know, Ford, I, I commend them, man. They they are so all in on building an electric fleet of vehicles, yeah. and yeah. they are probably have the best potential for doing it well. Of any of the American car manufacturers, um, mm-hmm. which you know isn't saying a lot, but like Ford, <laughs> I, I really do believe Ford does produce really, really good vehicles, and yeah, that that I, yeah. I like that Lightning a lot. Um, in terms yeah. of like, it seems what so functional. I,
0: yeah, I, I dig it. I mean, I've got a Model Y that has a smaller mm-hmm. like the the bigger. Battery for the F-150 is twice the size of the one in mine, but it still Mm -hmm. gets the same amount of range, so it's, like, really inefficient for driving, uh, in terms of its watt-hours per mile. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, I mean, like, the ability to power power tools and, like, it it seems so functional for, like, if you use a pickup truck for practical purposes, like, for your job or whatever. Uh, Anyway,
1: Yeah, no, I really like it. This podcast of- is brought to you by
0: the Ford F one fifty Lightning flavor of cold hot pockets. Cold hot
1: pockets, they're colder in the middle. Yeah, they're not cold if you heat them up on with a lightning. Uh, yes, so you know, um, very true. Yeah, that's that's the that's the advertising I want to see. I want to see basically one of the Ford trucks basically look exactly like the Lightning, have lightning bolts all over it, and then on the back is just a picture of like a microwave with a hot pocket in it. And it's got, you know, that steam coming up off love of like, it exactly like you want.
0: I would love it. Yeah. Um, let me, much like a race car, steer us back to my
1: original question. <laughs>
0: uh, we're two deviations deep here. Yep. Uh, yeah, what do you think they're going to do to advertise it?
1: Um, I actually, if I could anything. see them potentially changing the model that the Ford is in truck to the Lightning. I don't see why they wouldn't. The, the the you know, truck it doesn't look quite like the manufacturer vehicles that you get commercially. Um so like they have the potential to change it to whatever the hell they want. I mean, hell even the Mustang doesn't oh. really look like the Mustang, the EV Mustang anymore, yeah. right? So why not have all three of them have some of those like signature logos and things that the electric vehicles have and even mm-hmm. though they're gas powered, start marketing your electric vehicle fleet with NASCAR. Why not? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh the other thing too I think that they might do is um, and this is this is just a conjecture. I have no clue how this stuff goes down. But like the the lap or the uh, pace pace cars um, having those be electric would just be a, a oh, good move for yeah. NASCAR. The, they not definitely d- could do that. Pace, cool. pace cars, the the ones that carry officials around to pick up debris on the track, those should just all be electric anyway. They can be plugged in and then unplugged as soon as you got to go. Like yeah, it just makes sense. Yeah, I would dig that. Uh, so. All right. Um, my question, keeping this rapid, is with only seven drivers competing full time uh, in Cup this year without their first win, will we see any other first-time winners this year? And if so, who? Um, I'll read you who those first uh, those those drivers tasting a first-time win. And I want you to answer this honestly, since you kind of we talked about Suarez a little bit earlier, but answer this honestly. So we have Tyler Reddick, Daniel Suarez, Ty Dillon. Corey Lejoy, Harrison Burton, Todd Gilliland, and Cody Ware.
0: Uh, I think that realistically, Suarez maybe Reddick we could see getting one. I think Suarez is. I think that he's likely to get one this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, memes aside, he keeps on driving really well. I think he yep. is likely to get one this year. Yep. I could definitely see Reddick doing it. Uh, I think he would have to have like really solid strategy. Um. And probably a few other drivers to crash or something or issues. And then for the other guys, I mean, it would just have to be some super speedway fluke or
1: whatever. Yeah, some kind of lucky thing. I think so, too. Uh, Corey LaJoy drives really well at the super speedways. Ty Dillon does pretty well at those as well. Harrison Burton, Todd Gilliland, and Cody Ware. I uh, they've not even sniffed close to victory lane yet. No, um I don't no. think any of those three could win. No. But then again, Harrison Burton's in a Wood Brothers car, like it's Penske powered, right? So like I there's no reason that he couldn't uh surprise us. Uh but yeah, I think Suarez probably has the best chance and Reddick's like right right there behind him. Both of those cars like if, if both of them won this year, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah.
0: Um, my next question is, so a lot of the tires have been going down. Goodyear is saying that it is because of tire pressure and teams driving at a lower tire pressure. Mm-hmm. What do you think would be the consequences of NASCAR mandating a minimum tire pressure and like monitoring and enforcing it by like having tire pressure sensors
1: in all the cars? Um, I don't like the idea of tire pressure sensors, to be honest. I kind of like the, the idea. I mean... If you're going to make it more like a modern vehicle, then they do have tire pressure sensors. But I always like the idea of the, the crew knowing very little about the car and the driver having to relay information. So I think as soon as you put tire pressure sensors in there, like that's just giving them a lot more information. Oh, um, you like. OK, cool. The team doesn't know what the value how okay. much is in there. Then that's that's a little different. I, I mean, I like the way that they kind of did this before because they have done this in the past. Back when like that Indy debacle happened. Um, they did mandate how uh, how much they had to have the tires uh, pumped up, and what they did was they did random sampling of the tires before they got put on the car to check the pressure. Um, yeah, so I think you can get by with that, to be honest. Like, yeah, some guys might cheat and get away with it, and I kind of like that a little bit, um, but for the most part, you're just not going to see it happen that often. The tire pressure monitors is fine. It's just an added cost, so...
0: Um, what, what effect did it have on the competition back then? Um,
1: you, in terms... If you know, you, what you say? What do you mean in terms of, like, making them have to meet a minimum pressure? Yeah. Um, well, I think, you know, to be honest, I wasn't... I didn't what, have a podcast you, back what then. What do you think it would
0: do <laughs> today? Like, do you think that it would improve the racing, or,
1: uh... I think it would... Be bad? I mean, or it's hard no to say, because I think, I think it's happening anyway. I think the teams are most... I mean, we're... It's hard to say because the sample size is so low. We saw so many just two weeks ago at Texas, but we saw very few at Gateway. And again, it was just those guys running at the front. I think for most folks, they're taking a conservative approach already. And so like allowing someone to maybe undercut everyone and and, and try and uh, go with it, uh, go with a lower air pressure is I think it's fine. Um, And and if you want to, you know, if you feel like you can gamble uh, that way, then go for it. I think it only becomes a problem when everyone is doing it, um, and that's the only way that you could win is basically by taking those gamble and risks. But that's the format that NASCAR has right now with the win-and-you're-in kind of playoff uh, uh, yeah. format. So um, Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, maybe you're right. Like Maybe this is necessary from a competition standpoint because of the format that we're in now versus the format that we used to be in. So, hmm. yeah, um, so. Give me a question. Yeah, I got one. Uh, okay, so, so checking the viewership, um, the, you know, earlier in the season, uh, between NASCAR and F1 specifically, um, it's been really interesting for the American markets. NASCAR is doing well, but F1 is growing. In fact, when they've been directly competitive, like, cause normally F1 doesn't compete with anything, it's in the morning. Um, NASCAR still obviously has more watchers, but again, F1, especially in the 1849 demographic growing, growing, growing. Um, my question for you is imagine if every F1 fan who hasn't ever seen a NASCAR race had to watch a full race. It could be you could just take Gateway for instance last weekend because it was a very good race or Charlotte and then you make every single one that uh, every NASCAR fan who hasn't watched an F1 race watch Baku, who or which fan base would have the highest percentage of people coming away satisfied?
0: Oh, boy, that's a good question. I think I think the NASCAR fans would be, the NASCAR fans being forced to watch F1 would come away more satisfied uh, because, uh, just because, like, F1 fans are going to be like, what the fuck, they're only turning left and won't yeah. understand the <laughs> nuance of it. I will I say, though, yeah. I will say, though, that I think that, if you were to do the same thing but have it be in person i think that the f1 fans going to a nascar race especially if they pack their own cooler and get a pub which they would have a better time than nascar fans going to an f1 race because you only see like one corner and an f1 race
1: true yeah i i think like yeah there's a lot of new like nuances to this question where it's like most of the nascar fans watching their first f1 race really don't know or understand the idea of having like the engineering teams be this front and center reason that you're watching the race um and the drivers and the driving competitiveness being like a secondhand thing you know um Mm -hmm. they're used to kind of the other way around and and so like yeah i i think i don't actually know what the what the answer is to this one i feel like because you're seeing f1 grow so much that clearly means motorsports fans in america are liking the product um, that said, if you, if an F, if we only did F1 fans that aren't snobbish to other types of motor racing and they, they, they were interested in watching a NASCAR race, I think a lot of them would come away very satisfied with a like race like gateway or, or the Coke 600 besides just length yeah. being super long <laughs> for the 600. Yeah, I yeah. think they would be super, I think, okay, like, Gate, if it by was the, way, the length
0: of an of a F1 race, if we made them yeah. only watch like the third stage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way Queen gateway was a great exam.
1: length I don't even know what the mileage was there but like it was awesome like that was a, it was pretty short um, and mm-hmm. it was the right amount it was perfect nice yeah. um, alright um, hit me with the last question
0: okay here comes your last question uh, which NASCAR driver would you bully like a middle schooler i.e. you're giving them noogies wedgies swirlies uh which one would you bully like a middle schooler and how would you bully them mm, that's such a good question all right
1: Thank um you. i think i would bully i bully ty gibbs because he needs it um, okay yeah yes. i would definitely like that this dude an excellent answer he's also tiny so yeah he's definitely getting a swirly 100 i want to okay. see that blonde hair just wet as shit Okay, cool. Um, okay, and then, I'm going to uh,
0: piggyback off this, and after you give him a swirly, I'm going to give him a wedgie. And mm-hmm. I was on color guard at military school, so I'm then going to hook up his wedgie to a flagpole and send nice. his ass
1: right up that pole. Skyward. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love yeah. it. Um, who would you bully?
0: Hmm. Um, probably Martin Turex Jr., because... <laughs> Someone needs to put his ass in his place. I would travel back in time to like midway through the year. Mid Was it like 2017 is when Truex won his championship? Is that right? Yep, that sounds right. Yeah. So I would go to like mid-2018 and be like, listen here, you little shit. You're not as good as you think you are. Uh, your team is going to be shutting down soon. Now get your ass over here and let me give you the biggest noogie of your life. Yeah, yeah. It would also just uh, yeah. be
1: like when you said this question, I immediately only thought of like the younger drivers, uh, like Harrison Burton, what <laughs> came to mind for, for sure. But like, I did not even consider how funny it would be to bully like a fully grown man, like Martin Truex <laughs> Jr., um, and giving him a noogie would just be hilarious. I mean, he's going <laughs> to beat your ass, and you're just a nerd. So oh, yeah. Gonna, he's yeah. definitely going <laughs> to kick my ass. I'm not going to win that. But Ty Gibbs, like, we got him. Like, no problem. Oh, that's, yeah. That's His easy ass stuff. Is grass. Yeah. 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 For sure. All right. Uh, last question here. Which circuit worldwide would you most want to race in in your current car? Which uh, it was funny because you mentioned your current car for the first time on this podcast earlier.
0: Hello. Oh, boy. Um, uh, the Nordschleife. Uh, I think that would fucking rule. Uh, be great to go to Germany. Uh, the Nordschleife, for anyone out there who doesn't know, a.k.a. the Green Hell, is a track. Uh, it's pu- open to the public. You pay, like, 30 euro, and you can do a lap or whatever. Uh, but it has, like, 135 corners on it, and it's through the forests of Germany. Uh, and it's, like, a legendary track that F1 used to race at, but mm. it was insane, and a bunch of people died there. And it takes, like, seven minutes to get around it, yep. so uh, people would just crash, and then no one would know until, like, 20 minutes later or whatever. When they don't make it, uh, <laughs> Yeah. So that... Yeah, I think that would be awesome. Uh,
1: yeah, uh, you know, it's funny because as I was writing it, that was my answer. And I was just like, I feel like if I ask this, that's most people's answer. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, but I've always wanted to race Silverstone, and I've always wanted to race the Suzuka International Racing Course, just courses that I've raced basically in uh, video games yeah. um, that I've really enjoyed. Uh, I've also really wanted to do like Road Atlanta just because it's a home course and it's a road course. Um really don't have a lot of interest in doing any ovals in my mazda <laughs> um no, but yeah no. these these road courses think, would be a ton of fun for sure
0: i think my if i were to choose a more uh normal answer contemporary um, course i would uh choose uh, watkins Glen probably yeah that's, that's a good one a course that i know pretty well uh, at least in iRacing and it's like simple course with uh, lots of corners that'd be really fun to accelerate out of
1: you're totally, I mean, knowing the so brake for. issues that Tesla's have, you're totally going to blow your brakes trying to get in to, to, through the bus stop. Uh, yeah, it's okay. I'll just rely on
0: regenerative braking or whatever and lift really early. <laughs> lift yeah. <your> hose,
1: baby. <laughs> right. well, I like it. I like it. I like it. All right, cool. Well, that has been the end of Rapid Fire.
0: Right, well, I guess that means that it's time for me to go over some standings. New guy reads the standings. Coming in at a hot first place is the driver of the number nine car, Chase Elliott, with 507 points, one win, and three top fives over the course of 15 starts. Second place, also with 15 starts, interestingly, is Kyle Busch, 498 points, Ross Chastain, then Ryan Blaney. Martin Drex Jr., the individual who's going to be getting a lot of nuggies from me very soon. Uh, Joey Logano, interestingly, also with 15 starts, has 467 They're points. They're all going to have 15 starts, dude. <laughs> In sixth place. Uh, he has two wins. Go fuck yourself, Joey. Uh, your boy Kyle Larson in seventh. Then Alex Bowman, William Byron, Christopher Bell, Eric Almirola in 11th. Tyler Reddick in 12th with 379 points. Kevin Harvick, two points behind him in 13th. Then Chase Briscoe, Eric Jones, and rounding out the top 16 is everyone's favorite sweetest driver on the whole track. Austin, wham Dylan coming in at 350 points.
1: Did you say Swedish driver? Like Marcus Erickson? No,
0: but I said sweetest, but I like Swedish. That's
1: sure. Well. Yeah, I was very confused, uh, but yeah, sweetest makes more sense
0: yeah and that's your new guy reads the top 16 uh my boy daniel suarez is all the way down in 20th place but you know what are you gonna do he's gonna get his win he's gonna get into the chase and he's going to win the championship okay (laughs) you heard it here first
1: uh i would love to see that happen honestly i'm hoping (laughs) this is is a good race for him to (laughs) To recover and with all the kind of craziness that can happen i mean he could win this weekend so i'd love i'd love to love to see it um But uh but yeah, I think that uh takes us through everything. I, I will I do wanna change one thing about your standings read is that is the top sixteen in points, but not the top sixteen as it comes to like the playoffs, like making the playoffs. Uh the oh. cutoff is actually Tyler Reddick, uh two points ahead of Kevin Harvick. Um Ooh. and and people like Chase Briscoe, Kurt Bush, uh Denny Hamlin, and I think there might be another person. No, that's probably it. Um, mm. and oh, and Austin Sindrick, they've all won races. So it's actually 12th and points is the last playoff spot right now. Oh, word. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So only, only five spots for these points guys. Um, so it's, wow. uh, it's tough. Kevin Harvick being out, that would be, that'd be nuts. Um, get wrecked basically. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so cool. Uh, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thanks for listening to the big one podcast y'all.
0: Yeah. Thanks for coming by. Uh, and we'll see you
1: next week may your hot pockets be hot Uh, not scald the top of your mouth hot but you know just the right amount and never cold
0: and the middle of your hot pockets be cold (laughs) unavoidable All right, have a good one everyone bye
1: Some of the tried and true things. Uh, we're going to still be around. Yeah, we, yes. We're the tried and true things. Yeah. We've been tried. <laughs> Trust And we're me. true. Well, no. Yeah. Okay. You know when you, like, start a joke and then you run it into the ground? Yeah. I don't like that. No, yeah, I've done that very well. <laughs> All very right. Very familiar.